ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Diane Time is here. That's right, we're talking about Scream 2022 on the season finale of Kill by Kill. Greetings and salutations, Internet. It's your old pal, Patrick Hamilton, coming to you once again from Woodsboro. This is the Kill by Kill podcast, where we're dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. Now, we're going to unpack all the goriest of details of 2022's Scream in the hopes that a requel's victim's untimely end is just the beginning of the jokes that we might make at their expense. And as always... There is only one person I trust that if I go down to the basement, she won't go with me. The one, the only Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina? That's a filthy, filthy lie. I would go (laughs) with you. I don't Uh know if I'd go ahead of you. Right. But I'd go with you. I would try to figure out a way we could like, you know, squeeze in side by side on the stairs. <laughs> sure. Take it together. Two by two. And that way, you know, when, when the killer comes for us, we'll comically be stuck flailing around trying to get past the other one to get back up the stairs. Uh, Gina, we would be stuck uh, comically flailing around regardless of where we are in any individual house. That's it. it just that, turns into a, it just turns into a a Laurel and Hardy sketch in which the gag is <laughs> both of us are regular sized people, <laughs> just just clumsy. Yes, uh, awkward. Uh, I have arthritis in my knees. Uh, um, although I found that I've been running a lot faster these days, so. Um, that's something to be said for it. Um, so before we go too far, right, uh, this is one of those things where a movie has been released and obviously uh, our main franchise, uh, for this season has been Scream. We didn't plan on it. It just happened that way. And then lo and behold, when it did, they announced that this movie would be coming out. Uh, so it was serendipitous, but Uh, For a variety of reasons, including the fact that we are still in a pandemic, not everyone has seen this particular film. So before we get into the meat of it, um, why don't we do a quick non-spoiler section where we give our general reactions to this motion picture? Sounds good to me. (laughs) All right. So um, on your first impression scale, uh, how much did you enjoy or not scream? I liked it a lot. I I think it uh I think it stuck the landing in a way. A lot of uh, I mean I don't I really don't like the word requel. But, no, that's but that, that's I, that's I a not, swing and a miss. I, I will not adopt that in any possible way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I mean it's it, it's a sequel. Yes. Um. So I, I but I mean as far as you know, present day reboot sequels whatever you want to call them I I think this is probably you you head head and neck above above Halloween and then yeah. the, the remakes of Friday the 13th and and Nightmare on Elm Street I, I think it did far surpass any of those yeah I think the league that this is kind of the, the the pool that it's playing in is that sort of Halloween thing and it's also the sort of uh Candyman could be placed into uh that category as well and uh, this might, uh, for my money, was the most successful of them all. Now, Scream always has the advantage that it has uh, legacy characters are constantly involved. And most slashers do not have repeat characters. They're f- unless the, it's the villain. That's, that's the main repeating character. 
So Scream has the advantage that it's always kind of played in this particular ball field, as it were. Um, but I agree with you. It sticks the landing. It creates new characters that I really enjoyed watching. And it used my expectations against me uh, to create suspenseful sequences. And I think it was exceptionally well directed. And the young cast are fantastic. I, honestly, yeah, I really, I there, really, there weren't I really a lot of bum lot. performances to be found amongst them. No, 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 no. And uh, one thing that I feel is very important to point out about uh, this movie is, and this, this is something I point out uh, as a problem for me with other reboots and sequels that come long after the fact, is the people that made this movie really like these movies. Yes, yeah. And and uh, and understand their rhythms uh, and uh, you know aren't looking to um, they aren't looking to tell you that you're stupid right. first of all and the the while some things are twisted around they're not done so to go aren't you a dummy for thinking this it's more along the lines of this has always been a twisty a who done it and trying to manipulate you in one way or the other is really part and parcel of what scream is all about. Right. So I didn't, uh, I, I really, I didn't feel um, overly manipulated or um, I don't know. There's, there was a lot going on for this. Uh, and I think they nailed a lot of those, scream one type of suspense sequences i don't know that any of them reached the level of scream two but of course that was a slightly different pitched movie and i don't know that i'm ever going to get that again i don't know that everyone's going to try to deliver that again but here i felt like these were well paced they were deliberate the uh direction was purposeful they knew what they were doing and they had very game actors who could play along with all this stuff. It was, it was really fucking fun. It, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, fun would be a, a a good word for it. Like not to you know you beat the dead horse that is Halloween Kills at this point, right. but I didn't have fun watching that movie. Yes, it was plenty gory. Like if yeah, you're it, going yeah, for was, gore, and it was I guess it was sick. You know, exciting enough. I mean, it, you know, there was a lot of action in it and all, but I, none of it was enjoyable. I mean, there was only there was only one moment in in uh, in this movie where I was like, "Well, that's a bummer," but it, it had to do with a character getting killed off. Yeah, um, yeah. Not so much like you know, you know, oh, this movie is a drag, or you know, why is this movie trying to be so you know, you, you why is it trying to say something that it doesn't need to say? And and I just again, I, I think I just did the whole reboot thing so much better. Yeah, it just felt a piece with the rest of the franchise. It didn't feel forced to me. I that that was the. Uh, thing i was going to be worried about was you know does this feel like there's like shoving and another attempt at this sort of down my throat sort of deal where i'm not connected to the characters and i don't feel the plot you know that's when i think a lot you know it starts to feel like oh th there's a lot of sitting downtime where i could be doing other things 
I never felt that once in this movie. Yeah, and there was no sense of well, this ain't this ain't your daddy scream. No, you know, I, exactly. It, you know, like like the, one of the problems that with Halloween and uh, and Friday Thirteenth in particular is, you know, they they're trying for this very sort of you know slick, updated look to everything and feel, and mm-hmm. this just feels like a scream movie. Yes. Yeah, it, there are uh, artistic flashes that feel out of place with it, nor does it feel like Radio Silence are simply cloning Wes Craven's style. Right. They have their own thing going on here. It's just that they've adapted their the way they direct a movie to the Scream franchise rather than dragging Scream out of it and unmooring you and giving you that as you so eloquently said, that not your daddy's feeling. I, I just am not a fan of of that. I, no. I know some people are. They feel the need that everything must be shaken up. And it's like, well, that's not really the point of a Scream movie, everyone. Um, this does not feel like it's only playing to fans and not delivering you a fun film. But it's also not abandoning continuity just for the sake of fucking doing it either. Right, exactly. Um, so with that being said, um, uh, this is where, if you do not want to be spoiled about Scream, and of course, it's not really how things happen. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not really what happens. It's how it happens, uh, is the parlance goes. Um, but uh, if you want to pause here and come back to us after you've seen the, the film, that's fine. If you want to stop here, uh, erase this and then re-download it, you know, three, four, five more times just for fun. You can do that as well. Uh, we're not going to stop you or tell you how to listen to a podcast. Uh, that being said, we will begin our, our spoiler discussion after this. So this is where you might want to pull your shoot. So that being said, I am surprised how much I like Jack Quaid. He should be a person that I dislike. And I find him intensely nice and watchable on screen. <laughs> like you talking about in general or? or, or yeah, in movie? general. And in particular in this movie, Becky turned to me and goes, who is that? I go, that's Jack Quaid. That's Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan's kid. And she's like, oh, I'm like, what yeah. else is he? What, what else have I, have I might have seen him in? Well, I saw, I think the boys is his big thing that has been happening there for a while. Um, And then in addition to that, as everyone yells into their uh, (laughs) phone. I I could have looked it up up myself. uh, Right. Yeah. Um, He, you know, he's a little bit in Logan lucky. He pops up for a bit in that, um, he was in rampage that the rock uh, and his giant white gorilla friend uh, stopped giant animals. Um, He's been in this and that, but I I think the big one uh, that people know him a lot from right now is the boys. And he's the uh, main voice on star Trek lower decks, but obviously that's not a face thing. I I have seen none of those things. So for all I know that this is the first time I've seen him and I think I've heard of him, but I don't, I don't know that I have seen them. And it's so funny because uh, I spent much of the movie thinking, wow, he really looks like what's his face from Dawson's Creek. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's um, what Becky says. Like, uh, is there is this a Darce Dawson's Creek person? <laughs> and then and then I thought, hmm, he kind of looks a little bit like Matthew Lillard. And and uh-huh. so I, I will say, and this is the first big spoiler. So again, if you are listening and you haven't seen it, do not blame us for spoiling you. You were warned. Yes, you um, were. I kind of pegged him as a, as one of the killers pretty early mm-hmm. on. And I will tell you the main reason was because they really pushed hard the whole, he never heard of this. He never saw the movies. He didn't know anything about the the true life crimes. It wasn't implausible that he wouldn't know anything about this, but at the same time, it's like, okay, there's a reason why it's very important that this is pointed out that he he doesn't know what he, that, that he's claiming at least that he doesn't know about any of this. Like there's a couple scenes where he's like, you know, watching the movies on Netflix and basically just trying to catch up on everything or so he claims. Yeah. yeah. But also at the same time, like, gosh, he looks a lot like Matthew Lillard. Is is this going to be some sort of like, you know, you, both Billy and Stu have secret children. And I'm like, mm, that's, mm. that'll be pushing it a little bit. Yeah. But still, like, I couldn't shake that that was a possible reason to think he might be the killer. And then it turned out my first, the first reason was the one that was correct. Yeah. Um, I was, I also kept my eye on him because boyfriends in the Scream franchise, boy, you got to be on the look uh, (laughs) for that. Except for poor Jerry O'Connell. Yes. Jerry O'Connell was clean as a whistle. He did nothing. Jerry O'Connell innocent. T-shirts, Jerry Connell, Jerry O'Connell, innocent <laughs> coming up to T public uh, right after this is over. Um, yeah, I, but when he started watching them obsessively, that became a thing. That's when I was like, Oh, he's the audience surrogate. Um, the thing I did, I could not have seen coming was the whole, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to see Billy in the reflection yeah, they, him. but they, they, that was that, that twist in it was kept under some hats. Oh yeah. And well done. Good yeah, for them. I mean, I mean, what had to obviously be CGI was pretty good. I agree. It, you know, I, it's a weird thing where de-aging seems to work better uh, for some people and not for others, it definitely can be very janky. But I, what they did well was they kept him in sort of one position with right, the, and, and it was a and it was a mirror image, which would you know you could forgive that for being you know, a little off, a little blurry, whatever you want mm-hmm. to. However, you want and to they never but, pretend like he's real either. But That's I mean, it, it looks pretty real, and you know, it didn't have that 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 creepy dead eye thing that a lot yes. of you know, de-aging and, 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 you know, and, and, and CG of actual living human beings, (laughs) you know, you know, what happens when, when they try to do that? Yeah. Um, I, I, I found the sort of reversal of the opening kill element to be pretty awesome. I like, I really enjoyed that opening because I'm expecting one thing. I'm getting something else, but I'm, it's not like it isn't brutal and it isn't like it isn't really a a tough scene to get through. And it, I mean, boy, if, if this girl does not become the biggest fucking star in the world, I I just don't know between this and West side story. She is 
pretty fucking amazing. I, uh, I, I gotta say, I was a little startled when they said she was still alive. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree like, with you. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck you say now? I mean, I mean, the minute someone would like, like, you know, just would have stomped on my leg hard enough to break it, I just would have been like, well, goodbye. Just like, <laughs> die of shock right then and there. Um, and like, he like put the knife through her hand? Yeah. Oh, that was fucking insane. And, and somehow she's still alive and then takes another beating at the hospital and still survives after that. This girl looks oh. like she weighs about 90 pounds soaking wet. It's not the girl from West Side Story. I thought it was. It's a completely different girl. My apologies to her. Um, uh, I they I was like, she looks like a baby compared to West Side Story because it's a completely different fucking person. And, and, she, and she is a baby. She's like 19, I think. Yes. Oh, my God. She's a frail little thing, but it's totally working. Um, I guess she's going to be in that upcoming movie X from Ty West. So, uh and then she looks entirely different in that as well. Uh, yeah, she's great. She's great. I, I don't know what people are talking about with the other protagonist, uh, Melissa Barrera. I, I I don't know what people are talking about that she's kind of wooden. I completely what? I completely bought their relationship. I thought some of the the best moments were just the two of them trying to hash out their differences. Who the fuck is saying that Melissa Barrera was wooden? What well, fucking you know, movie you know, were they people, watching? You know, people always had to find something to shit on with these movies. Uh, they're fucking out to goddamn lunch. She's great in this. She I mean, well, the is, thing is great. The, the thing that also I think that people are are a little were a little taken aback and maybe disappointed by. Mm-hmm. I I was it was neither here nor there for me is that the original trio is not actually in it that much. They they and they I'm have okay with that. I I'm okay with it too. They're they're yeah. in it for about a third of the movie, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They they portion out what they're doing better, but it's also it's not like Gail and Sydney start the movie inside Woodsboro and then just suddenly appear. It they are in completely different spaces, and. You know, they're kind of dragged back into it. Like they they're like moths to the flame. They kind of can't help themselves. But the movie for once isn't entirely about Sidney Prescott. It's almost as if time has slightly passed Sidney Prescott by. And if she hadn't inserted herself, she would not have necessarily needed to be involved. It's less about Sydney Prescott and her mother's amazing sleeping around abilities <laughs> that that is the starting point here. This is almost entirely about the stab movies rather than her, which I found an interesting departure while still keeping within the vein of screen. Right. I mean, she has originally has no intention of coming back to Woodsboro after this first attack happens. And yeah. the only reason she comes back is because once again, this is a huge spoiler is because Dewey is killed. Yeah. I, I regret, re- regrettably, Patrick, he does not get to die peacefully in his sleep. He does not. He, he truly really does not get to die peacefully in his sleep. Um, but I found his exit from that elevator uh, like I'm at that point, I know that guy's dying, but I found his way out to be cathartic 
in a lot of ways. Like there's a redemptive arc to Dewey within this movie. Well, he was always going to be a hero. Yes. Uh, and he finds a way to do it that's interesting and it's revelatory to the plot. It's not just superf- you know, superfluous. They're not just getting rid of him to get rid of him either. Um, there's a well, point to it all. Well, it's it, I, I sort of feel like his his part of the story had come to its natural conclusion. You know, things mm-hmm. things things didn't didn't work out between him and Gail, which you know we knew that was going to happen. Right. Um, uh, you know, he against his own you know better interests and even his own you know he doesn't really understand it himself he still insists on on remaining in woodsboro even though he's been forced to retire you know it's never explained why he's forced to retire uh and he's just you know living in a trailer and you know spending most of his day just watching gail on tv and just you know he was broken and you know he he got to go out a hero. And yeah. I think there comes a certain point where if again, do Dewey got stabbed like 17 times or, you know, got, you know, clobbered in the head, it just would, you know, go beyond any sort of reasonable plausibility at that point. I mean, sooner or later, his body set to give out. Yeah. And I, I think he's obviously, so I think the sheriff thing, you can feel like, okay, he's self-medicating with alcohol. Right. As because he's in a whole lot of pain. He's he's not really truly aware of a lot of things. We can kind of glean that when he takes out a, a rotten piece of chicken out of the refrigerator and takes a giant bite out of it. You know, he's not 100% there necessarily. Uh, and I think he feels compelled to, He he's just, yeah, he's broken. He is broken. Yeah, so I think though of the three, I, I don't like to use the phrase, his would have made the most sense. But you, there, there's nothing more they can do. As much as I love this character, and I said in our, our Q&A episode that he mm. was my favorite character of the original trio. But mm. at this point, there's simply nothing more you can do with him as a character. Yeah. Uh, yes. I, there's an arc to him that feels like it's heading to a completion point. And I think it's also, it's, I, I they really give... Courtney Cox and Gail Weathers, an interesting opportunity to, I don't think she has to justify her existence, but this does justify her existence in the movie in that she can at one point go, you killed my best friend. And that feels real. It doesn't feel fake. It doesn't feel like acting. It feels like you're peeling back a layer and going, listen, We were many things together, but at the end of the day, we were friends and I don't, I'm I'm not accepting this. And you, you took something away from me and it feels real and powerful. And there were a lot of elements to that where relationships felt real and connected. And there wasn't as much of a meta jokey element to it. There was a, it dialed back a little bit on the Kevin Williamson element of it. Not that I'm uh, not a fan of that. I absolutely am. It just, it felt a little realer. Yeah. The connections. I would say the only character that kind of comes off as sort of, sort of, you quippy and bordering on comic relief is actually Mm -hmm. my favorite character, my favorite of the new characters, which is um, uh, Mindy, 
Yes. Who is uh, it, it, her and her twin brother are uh, somehow Randy's niece and nephew. <laughs> I do not know what male model Martha Meeks married at some point <laughs> had, right. had children with to have yes. these like gorgeous mixed race children. <laughs> like, I mean, she found she landed, she landed Woodsboro's hunk of the year, man. I'll tell you, <laughs> we don't ever see him. I mean, I don't, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't, there's no, it, it never clarifies if they're no, if he's no longer in the picture, but holy moly, go Martha. Yes. Yeah, one hundred. She got herself a she got herself a, a slice of prime beef right there. <laughs> like Idris Elba is going to show up as their dad the next one or something. <laughs> but yeah, so so Mindy is sort of the the like queer female version of Randy. She's very into horror movies and and yeah. very much into her legacy as being Randy Meeks's niece. And then this actress, uh Jasmine Savoy Brown, she's just she's amazing. She's yeah. uh she stars in the current a current obsession of mine called Yellow Jackets. Yeah. Certainly she, our end of Twitter is uh, yeah. all in on yellow jackets yeah it's if you are into horror and any sort of uh fashion watch yellow jackets it's real fucking creepy uh <laughs> she was in speaking of uh real fucking creepy she was that in season two at the beginning of season three of the leftovers another show i i another genius about du jour. yes yeah. Uh, but she is just a, a wonderful actress who I think we're just going to be seeing all kinds of amazing things from. And she's she's just she's so funny here. Yeah, no, she's uh, delightful and buoyant and the camera loves her. And she's she feels very real and a piece of everything that's happening. And I was I was wavering a little bit on on uh, mason gooding who's playing her brother until the scene in which he is making out with his girlfriend on the couch and this comes immediately after he kind of laments uh wes by by dylan minette uh he goes you good looking motherfucker and then the next scene he's making out with his girlfriend on the couch and he starts to stop and i'm thinking oh here it comes i've realized i'm gay was what I thought was going to come out of his mouth. And he's like, I think, I think we shouldn't, I think we shouldn't have sex because one of us might be the killer. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, you know, valid. Valid. She does not take it well, but um, <laughs> why should she? But uh, yeah, I would, I just, I thought they were fucking delightful. All the, I think the one that I had the, biggest like i'm not too sure is mickey madison who's playing amber and i think they kept her a little too mysterious um well because you don't get a whole you don't get a whole lot of time with her yeah uh you know you the only kind of real character arc she has is that she's very suspicious of everyone or at least she acts like she's very suspicious of everyone particularly sam our protagonist who has sort of left town at some point and and was you know kind of like a town the troublemaker and Mm -hmm. as she you know was perceived as having abandoned tara who is a a jessica ortega she's the girl who's attacked at the beginning of the movie and sam returns to town after that happens yeah um and i think that i think if if you had added maybe five more minutes with her mingling with that group 
it might have sold it a little bit more. Uh, but I, honestly, every single one of these movies is kind of because they're it's a little I don't think it's as packed as Scream 4 is in terms of characters. No. Scream 4 feels like it has a bit few, too many characters for the size of bag. It's it's all contained in. And I'm sure that some of that is probably the Weinsteins meddling with the fucking thing. Like, at least now, it doesn't feel like some outside source is meddling with what the movie should be. Um, that I think that's a very good saving grace for it. Um, and then, so yeah, some people, someone's going to get lost in the mix when you add Sydney and Gail and Dewey back into it, but they're, but they're reasonably well integrated into the plot. It does not feel at all superfluous and they don't waste any time with any, uh, rivalries or old baggage. None of that really seems to uh, weigh the movie itself down. Well, for me, one of the, the things that I, that I have always, one of the reasons I've always held the screen movies in higher regard than other horror franchises is that all of these people feel like very real people yeah. and, and their friendships feel real. And I think even when you've got a little bit of the, you know, the infighting and the sniping, it still feels genuine. It yeah. doesn't just feel like, okay, well, you know, we have to have you know, person A, B, and C in the same room with person D, E, and F, and then, you know, just have them all be complete and total assholes to each other so that the audience is, you know, you know, pretty happy and relieved when they're finally killed off. None of these characters, none of the characters in the screen movies, except for obviously the killers. Am I, Oh, thank God that character's dead. They were the worst. Right. Yeah. I mean, even, um, even Randy as, as obnoxious as his character was, was so much of an audience surrogate that you can't help thinking, Oh, they had to kill him. <laughs> yeah. He had so much uh, time. He, he, there was still, he still had a chance to figure out how insufferable he was being. And try, try, try to do something different. Um, yeah, there's a there's a good balance to everything. And they managed to find a core to Mary Shelton's Hicks character that it's obvious it's not afforded in Scream 4. Um, she's just like a random comic relief obstacle in that film. And in here, she feels pretty real. She is uh, now a sheriff and a mom and you know, you, she feels real. She's not a cartoon that really that's kind of her point in screen for She's a little, everyone on the force under Dewey's a little cartoonish. And here they kind of strip that away. I think to the movie's benefit. Right. Yeah. 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 I would agree with you there. Um. Uh, so in, uh, we learned that uh, that Sam um, eventually, is, because she found diaries in her in the uh, attic, uh, that uh, she was uh, the the love child of of not Stu but Billy and her mom, and when she confronts her mom about it, um, she is not aware that her father is still in the house, and he overhears this and he leaves immediately. And so she is carrying with her the guilt 
of destroying, you know, in her mind, this marriage, which is not really a fault of her own because she was not the one who was lying. But uh, you can sort of feel like a, what was going on in this town in 1996, <laughs> Gina? No. Woodsboro 1996 people, people, people had a be, lot of, lot of be, sexual problems. People be fucking too much. <laughs> I mean, maybe the moral majority was right. People be fucking too much in Woodsboro, California. Put, put a around the town flag. Woodsboro, <laughs> we fuck too much. Be fucking too much since 1996. <laughs> Because, man, like, everything, all the problems seem to stem from people just not being able to keep it in their pants in various manners. Yes. The, the small-town sexual proclivities have just caused a lot of strife over the years. Um, but I suppose in some ways, such as life, just without all the stabbing, it always ends up in stabbing in Woodsboro. It doesn't always end up in stabbing everywhere else. Yeah, that's a, you know, you have too much fucking and not enough anger management classes. <laughs> uh, and a lot of lies and too many closets that uh, are oddly constructed so that you can use them to stop the door into your bedroom. Um, <laughs> I, I, they, why do they not go into the garage? Why do they decide to go into the basement for beer? Why don't they go into the garage? I, I I don't know. That I just like. Why not go into the garage, everybody? It's the same refrigerator. You're telling me somebody hauled that refrigerator from the garage down to the basement? Oh, that that's a bad move, <laughs> the Freemans. When you bought that house from the Mockers, um, uh, I saw this movie with six people, uh, one of whom was my wife. So there wasn't a lot of audience reaction. In in my, I think I had the most audience reaction. I was I was laughing. I was gasping <laughs> when people got knives through their fucking hands. Um, oh, that uh, again, radio I, I, silence guys love hand violence. I I saw um I saw it actually at a press screening, and there was not a lot of people. And we we got one of the later ones, and uh, mm. the uh the the very long drawn out scene where just after um. Deputy Judy is killed in broad daylight. Let's, yeah. uh, let, let's, you know, on her front lawn. On her front lawn. Where, where are people, do they live in an it town where people are like, uh, listen, a lot of shit happens on these streets. I'll be inside. Thank you very much. Um, her son, who is named Wes, wink. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, uh, we, we don't know. We don't know who Wes's father is. It's never explained. No. <laughs> but presumably he would have had to have been around during the events of Scream 4 because he's about 18 here. Yeah. And, and and Scream 4 was in was in 2011. Yes, correct. But, but Deputy Judy did, did you know, was too busy making 11 bars to try to woo to, to, to woo Sheriff Dewey to mention that she has a child at home. Right. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, some people are single moms, you know, that stuff happens. So that didn't throw me quite as much. But, but they, yes, they, I, but I they, considered that for a second. But they take uh, a sort of what I would describe as a, uh, 
a family guy approach to this scene in which Wes is eventually killed, yeah. in which it's so drawn out uh-huh. that it stops being funny and then becomes funny again. Yeah. <laughs> and the whoever's doing the music is playing a distinct part because it's always like ramp, 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 closed door. There. <laughs> it's like, nope, you're not there. But then when it does happen, it's so brutal that it's like, yeah. oh my God, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to laugh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, oh my God, it is so brutal. Side of the neck. Oh, oh man. And a good use of practical plus digital. Uh, yeah. it really works out. Yeah. Um, oh man, I, I thought the gore in this was pretty fucking fantastic, right? It, it didn't did quite, it didn't quite, it didn't quite top four because four still had yeah. actual human innards laying True. out. I, True. I, I was, I was a little terrified. I, I cringed, I kind of hid my eyes because I thought that basically. Dewey's guts were gonna fall all over his feet. I'm like, please, no, come on, give this man, give yeah. this man some dignity. But no, it didn't quite go that far. No, he does get it coming and going though. For- <laughs> hey, I mean, oh yeah, I mean it's brutal, but at least they spared us from having to see his intestines hanging out or anything like that. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> uh, I do like Radio Science's sort of aesthetic that, you know. And I guess this is true really for this cream franchise. Like you can take a lot of punishment and still be ticking, you know, and that certainly happens to Tara. And then she has one of those great, almost, it's almost like they're like, you know, Halloween two had moments, but what if you, what if someone who had really sustained this damage tried to get away and she is working hard to get away and she is simply not equipped. That 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 hand injury opening up while she's like oh. like trying to push herself with a wheelchair. I felt yes. that shit. Oh my god, <laughs> really tough. And again, I mean, this uh, girl is so tiny that, that yeah. I don't I don't know why Ghostface doesn't just like pick her up and flare through a window. I mean, honestly, she's like this little child person. Right. She's so small. Uh, we have the two things that would be required for a good screen movie. We only get one of them. We get some color blocking. We do not get news van violence. We don't get, yeah, uh, you're right. We don't. We don't get news van violence. So that's a zag. I'm assuming on purpose <laughs> because there's just no one is coming with it because <laughs> with Sydney and Gail that finally team up. They're like, um, tonight we just murder some motherfuckers. They're done. They don't, they don't care. <laughs> they're through with this. Uh, every time we get involved with one another, there's two motherfuckers. We end up having to kill. Let's just get her done tonight. And I really enjoyed that attitude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> main alive. Um, uh, who haven't we talked about here? I don't know that Dylan's really worked out other than being maybe the most, have you considered my penis of the group, uh, for the most part? And no one is considering his penis. Uh, With the possible exception of Chad, he might be. (laughs) We don't know. (laughs) Chad might be swinging in a couple different directions and good for him. I I doubt he'll strike out anytime soon. He's not. One though that like 
like uh uh tara at the end we're like wait he's still alive (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean you see the amount of blood coming out of his leg and you're like he's not lasting a long time tackle him and like stab him a bunch of times like in the back yeah. and, I'm, and like yeah. and then like uh um you know, Mindy's being taken out of the stretcher at the end he's just there like giving a thumbs up i'm like dude what <laughs> <laughs> that was a surprise to me it was not a surprise that mindy lived but when chad was also alive i'm like what is going on with the meek's bloodline um I found that very surprised, but I think it's oh okay. Like if you were to continue this on, right? You now have Sam, Tara, Chad, and Mindy to carry things on. You wouldn't necessarily need to bring back Sydney Prescott or Gail into the mix, in my mind. No, I don't think you do. I mean, again, there's no reason for for sydney i mean gail sort of because she you know still loves to track down a good story but yeah, i mean yeah. sydney has moved on she seems to be doing pretty well well enough that she is evidently now married has children uh i mean we don't really get a sense of that part of her life very much but she's obviously stable enough to have found some sense of peace in her life. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason for her to keep coming back for this. Yes. And I think it found a out in terms of having to constantly connect it back to Sydney that uh, you could manipulate things in a direction where it wouldn't have to be about her any longer. And would free her up and you could terrorize Sam and Tara a lot more <laughs> than, than you're already seeing. Perhaps like I would love for this to go into the cult of Chucky direction where Sam might be in an institutional situation and find herself trying to figure out who amongst her is a ghost face killer in that situation. I don't know. There's a lot of, it frees it up a little bit that you could try to do some different things while still keeping it scream um, that might, that would allow Nev Campbell to not have to show up anymore. Not that I dislike her presence anymore, but you kind of do want some amount of peace for this woman. She deserves it. Right. And again, you know, everybody's storyline comes to a, 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 a natural end. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't want to see her, become like a like a laurie strode where where she's just so traumatized by this experience that it's she just you you lives and breathes this 24 hours a day right yeah yeah it's just like um i i i agree with you there's a a natural well-worn conclusion to to things here that give it a nice cap point um uh that also allows it to maybe go off in a slight with a slightly other group. Um, I don't know that I think it did well uh, for certain. And I don't think this is one of those movies that cost, you know, a hundred million to make. Obviously this was a pretty tight thing. It probably made its budget back on its first weekend. Um, so what it had done better um, without the Omicron wave undoubtedly oh i sure, feel like sure, sure. undoubtedly yeah um this definitely could have pulled a uh you know it probably could have pulled a 50 or 60 in a non-omicron is my guess 
Yeah, I think so. I, I think so. I think there's a built-in audience for it. And, and I think that I, I'm pretty certain that the the younger actors in this movie are more familiar to young people than, yeah. than they are to us. Like I said, the only sure. person I knew of was Jasmine Savoy Brown. Um, right, and right. I don't even I don't even know if I even knew she was in it until I saw her. I'm like, then I pulled a you know Leo DiCaprio. Hey, I know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, Evie from, I, it's Evie from the Leftovers. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I knew Marissa uh, Melissa Barrera because I had worked on uh, promoting Vita, which is on Stars. Um, and I know, and then I knew that I'd seen her in the Heights when we showed Ollie the Heights. Um, so I'm like, oh, 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 her. So yeah, I was like, what the fuck are people talking about? Wouldn't that like that really <laughs> threw me for a fucking loop? Um, talk about r- rescuing someone's sort of uh scary movie reputation. Kyle Gallner is unrecognizable to a certain degree in this role. Like you would never think, oh, there's that kid from that terrible Nightmare on Elm Street reboot. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, remake. Yeah. Uh <laughs> he's very sleazy in this. <laughs> when you hear that he's related to Stu, you're like, yeah, that fits. That fits. <laughs> that fit this feels a piece. <laughs> um, and I think I have to give it up to Roger Jackson here. That opening scene is the most the most casual. I've ever heard Ghostface used uh, in any of the movies. He, you know, that voice is so iconic. Uh, and now there's like a, a voice filter on TikTok where you can sound like him too. So I, I hear him a lot now, but <laughs> he's, you know, the, the ghost face here is like pulling one over on, on uh, Tara and like, coming off like oh i'm in the same aa group as your mom but i can't say it out loud and there's some real levels to the voice acting that he's doing in that scene that he's not usually called upon to do and i found it refreshing oh yeah like he did kind of sound like you know nice but vaguely creepy in a way you can't put your finger on parent you know you know parents friend on the phone for a little while like you're trying to try to you know ingratiate himself to to you know the potential romantic partner's kid yeah um and uh i i felt like in scream 4 he sounded a little too grizzled there's a little too much grizzle to it or he sounded a little old and he's like well he's supposed to be on this unknowable thing where you you instantly hear it it's iconic but you don't really have a picture of who he is and then that is like oh that's a dude that maybe needs to drink more water and here he sounded fresh as a daisy (laughs) that might have been a choice he took a nice steam before he recorded He's been, he's been taking care of his instrument. Like, yes, there's a lot of whiskey involved, but it's a neater whiskey. You know, it's a, you know, it's a, you know, it's not blended because uh, blended whiskey is crap. Um, uh, who haven't we talked about? I think, well, I the only one who's kind of an outlier here is Liv, played by Sonia Amar, um, who's a striking young woman. Um, and she's, kind of saddled with the boring sexy person 
Yeah, um, she doesn't get much to do. Um, yeah. Although I, I, I guess I'll spoil my Tudor of Death Venture. She'd be the one, I'd, the way I'd want to go out because she is the, <laughs> the fastest, and it happens so fast. I, I literally don't think she even knows what hit her. No, <laughs> no. She she does not know that she is gone when she has left this early point. She 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 turns around and she's in the pearly gates or whatever the fuck. Like she's she moved on very very quickly. We haven't That's, really talked about Wes much. Yeah, I mean, um, he is this the closest we get to. Have you considered my penis of uh, any of the characters? Is, is he- think so he's I, not I, as actively bad about it it's talked about after the fact we don't yeah, really see it he's mostly he's mostly very briefly presented as a red herring but yes. it, it seems a little you know, like nah not him right um uh and uh yeah his his sequence has a lot of, there's a lot of levels to it um i well, I do. I, like, I do uh, like. I do like uh, his deputy Judy's relationship. She's very protective of him. Yeah, yeah. For yeah, a lot. It, again, there's a reality to her that's a an interesting uh, elevation of how we saw her in four. Not that I, you know, she she. It's weird. It's a it's a weird thing. We said it when we talked about four. That's a weird character to sort of like cause problems in a marriage that like how how does this help it's sort of she's a symptom in a sense but really is not an active participant in what's going on um so yeah i yeah he's an interesting sort of you assume that he's not the killer and i i think that's one of the elements of scream because they need to populate with people who will die. And so he always seems a little bit like a red shirt in this. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, let me, let I me did, ask you something. Who, who, sure. when you, when you were watching it, who did mm-hmm. you think it was? Or, or were you just trying, were you trying not to think that far ahead? I was trying not to think that I was allowing the movie to just tell me what it was. And I was also highly considering the idea that it wasn't anybody anyone knew and they would take off the ghost face mask and they're like who the fuck are you and you're like <laughs> that's the thing you don't know me none of you know me <laughs> and well yeah that's what the funny thing of the the poster that came out was the tagline of the poster was the killer is on this poster yeah, and it's got one of those you know, you know now iconic for Scream posters where it has all the major characters sort of lined up, but then mm-hmm. kind of looming behind them is Ghostface. So yeah. it's like, yeah, there he is. <laughs> 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 and that's just one of them. So, so if, if you know if, if they did that, they, they that poster still would have been correct. True. Um. So now, I think. We need to tackle whether or not we felt that the film's meta commentary that toxic fandom is that this is the the end game here of toxic fandom that sooner or later 
someone is going to take their love of scary movies too far. Oh, wait a second. That's the point of the first one. <laughs> it's all the same fucking thing. I don't want to. Oh, God damn it. As soon as I took my fucking filters off this afternoon, wouldn't you know it? A bunch of people complain. Like, oh, they're coming after fandom. Like, motherfucker, they've been coming after the fandom since the first movie. What franchise have you been watching? Well, yeah, but just this time they actually have like parodies of, you know, the people who have like the three hour long videos on YouTube, breaking the movie down bit by bit, complaining about every aspect of it and, and so-called plot holes. It's more... I think the calling out is much more specific now. Yeah. Whereas, you know, in the first movie, it was more of a general, you know, a lot of crazy people like these movies. Um, Now it's, we're talking, no, we're actually talking about a specific kind of person. Right. And, and here we are parodying them. Yes. Um, When Amber goes, I was radicalized online. I love that she and uh, Richie met on Reddit. Did you catch that? Yeah. Did you catch that that throwaway line? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man. I mean, people would say, "Oh, it's a little over the top," and it's like, is it though? Is it? If that is over the top, then so is Scream One, so is Scream Two, so is Scream Three, and so is Scream Four. It's not like they suddenly jumped a shark. The point of these movies is see how I jump the shark. Like it's just, I'm sorry that that is part and parcel of what scream has always been because it is a movie franchise in which people are aware of slasher tropes and they talk about it and they discuss it. And some people are, you know, more into it than others, but it's always a piece of the conversation This is not new. It's just that people have decided to get all up in their butt and deep into their feelings about this stuff now. And then they, then it's a big fucking problem. Uh, It's like the same thing with, with Matrix Resurrections, a movie that made me cry no less than three fucking times. I was just going to say, you know, after the, the embarrassment of, uh, the rise, the rise of Skywalker, and particularly uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Please mm-hmm. give me more movies in in which filmmakers call out certain kinds of toxic fans. Please, yes. I loved it. It makes me cheer. <laughs> you know, please, uh, you know, yeah, please call out the 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 absolute inanity of. Well, you know, you. Know, why can't you do something you know, fresh and interesting with these characters? And then when they do, wait, no, not like that. Exactly. A hundred percent over and over and over again. We, we go down the same road and some person who might not be that familiar with us uh, might say, well, didn't you two didn't enjoy uh, Halloween kills as much because it did try to do something different. That's not my complaint. My complaint is the something different that it tried to do was not necessarily my cup of tea, but I'm also not going to ever threaten the lives of someone who acted in it or made the movie because I somehow own this movie franchise. Like, fuck you. Fuck all of this. You you need to get out of your own goddamn head. 
Right. Like, I, this no, stuff I'm is supposed gonna, to be fun. I'm not going to you know harass people online for liking a movie that I didn't like. Exactly. Because like, that's something just, that that's something that crazy people do. And I know we're not supposed <laughs> to use the word crazy anymore, but that is what crazy people do. It's not that their love of scary movies has gone too far. They don't actually love them. No. They hate them. It's a love that has curdled. You want to stalk your favorite movies. You want to own them and only allow them to do the things you feel right. they're allowed to do. That, that's what I was going to say. You, 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 you want these movies to exist solely for you. And, yes. and not to not to include women, not to include people of color, not to include queer people, only for you. Yes. I only want to see myself reflected in this. And I don't, <laughs> quite frankly. Uh, I think a lot of people don't get to see themselves reflected. And it's happening a lot more now. And you're getting these interesting performances by all these different actors they're all gorgeous right because they're on in a fucking movie uh they're they're all interesting to watch they're funny there's pathos to them you like to watch what's happening to them and it's not taking anything away from me it's not taking anything away from anybody if you don't love a movie this is really okay there are worse sins in this world and if you don't love a particular entry of a movie this is also, it, this is an emotional reaction you're having to a film, if it's, that's positive or negative. It's when you take those emotions and you push beyond the normal boundaries to involve yourself in their narrative. You have gone too far and you need to take a step back and understand your place in this. You are an audience member. You, uh, and a, if a critic doesn't like the thing that you like or dislike something that you liked, they are giving their emotional and logistical critique of a piece of art. And you can read that and go, I don't agree. Because I read about th three or four reviews of this film and I'm, my takeaway was like, it's not really the movie that I saw or the reaction that I had. So... Uh, peace out. And that's as far as it went. That's well, as far as it ever needs to go. Well, I'll tell you, uh, just strictly out of spite, not only because not, e not even because I think she's a great actor, but if Jasmine Savoy Brown was to become the kind of quote unquote new Sydney, if they're going to, if they're going to, they're, they're going to make more of these and they probably will. Uh, I, I would love that. I would love that because I know other people are going to hate it. But 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 because again she's she's black she's queer, most of the, most of the characters she plays are queer. I think that is her general preference, from what I understand. So I mean she I mean yeah she makes out with a girl in this movie, which is probably yeah. a, a scream first and and a, a scream movie that uh, again believes that sex exists in the world is not a bad thing. Again, I found this a pleasant throwback, a uh, an interesting. Uh, swerve on the trend to sort of, uh, I don't know, sex doesn't belong in every movie, but, you know, I like kissing. So uh, if people are going to kiss, like, I'm all fucking for it. Uh, as many people can kiss as possible, great. Uh, it Because that's what life is. Life has people who kiss. Like, that's fun. That's some fun shit to do. So uh, I, 
I'm, I'm right there with you. They can take any of these characters who survived and sort of push along with them and have them intersect or show up minorly or not at all or weave different stories between all of them. There are places to go here that allow a, a, a separation point, that allow it to move on from, um, from the emotional torture of Sidney Prescott because we're now freed of her, um, her mother's component in this. Like someone else, someone else was a shitty parent to uh, a character. <laughs> well, it's interesting to point out. And I think this is a, you know, probably a very deliberate choice on the filmmakers parts is that of the, the younger group of people, all the white characters are either victims or villains. Yes. Like not a single yes. white member of the group makes, makes it to the end of the movie. Which yes. I, I I think is pretty daring, considering what horror fans are like. You know, here's yeah. a surprise: horror fans aren't nearly as inclusive as they like to say they are on Twitter. Yeah, I, I'm saying yeah. something very controversial for being part of horror Twitter, but it's a lot of horseshit. <laughs> um. Yes, and I also feel like there's a lot of people who, and we talked about them. Yeah, there's that that t-shirt horror crowd who's like my love of horror is something i present i'm a horror lover and then they never quite seem to like anything new or different or interesting or they don't like they hate the thing they supposedly love and then they harass everyone else about it this is newsflash you don't love horror you think you do you loved horror you've fallen out of love of horror and now you're that asshole ex-boyfriend who's still hanging the fuck around trying to be involved in a love affair you're not having anymore just find something else man we all do it at some point well it's it's that and it's a lot of people who you know were bullied when they were kids and made to feel like weirdos for the things that they liked and even mm-hmm. despite, you know, being grownups and, mm-hmm. you know, getting over that kind of thing as you're supposed to after a point and finding community, you you still feel like you need to be, you know, windmilling punches in every direction because you still feel like, you know, you, you're the little guy pushing back against, you know, a bigger, you know, a bigger p- person picking on you, making you making you feel small, like you don't belong. So what do you yeah. do in that situation? You punch down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh boy. I tell you, um, it seems like we end up having this conversation like three times a year. <laughs> but it's, no, it's interesting to me. I, I, I really appreciate that filmmakers are taking notice of this and, yeah. and, and addressing it for the, the, you know, the, the, the cancer in the genre that it is. Yes. I think for a long time there was a mystery involved to a filmmaker's intent. And because of that mystery, people would be able to insert their own um, sort of meanings. And listen, we do, we did this a lot. (laughs) We did it with Freddie with feel good Freddie, that he would help people to death and with Jason Voorhees and trying to figure out who he was as a character. That's all fun. But there's also an element where people view their idea of a a franchise or type of movie and they just insert themselves too much into it 
to the point where it's simply not healthy. And I do like this new wave of people going, here's the intent of this so that you might not necessarily be confused because some people are. So we're going to spell it out a little bit for you so that you're not surprised when you keep hearing this over and over again. This is the intent of this piece of art. So yeah, hopefully that while that might be alienating to some, I think those people were always going to be alienated from this type of movie, despite their supposed love of it. Well, yeah, because it's it's a movie that is not made with, with them, 100% them in mind. And yet I feel like a lot of reviews sort of felt like it's only existence is to win those fans over. And I'm like, no, I really, I really don't feel like that. I feel like they were telling a, a, a film, a familiar story and part and parcel of it is for it to be familiar uh, with new types of characters in new situations to bring about a different type of conversation. And that to me does not yell money grab beyond the fact that it's named screen. You know, that's the money grab component. They, they thought this will make its money back and a little bit more. And I think it should. Oh yeah. 100%. I really, I I really enjoyed it. I I really enjoyed it as well. Uh, Last week, we kind of gave our up to the moment rankings have where would you place five in your scream rankings? I I think I would place it. Um, I think my rankings would now be one, two, five, four, and three. I'm I'm just so weird, Gina. How are? <laughs> and again, like for me, one and two are like close to perfect movies and then five four are just a a millimeter or two below that i think five just steps it up a little bit in terms of the way those suspense sequences work i think they're they're kind of clockwork baby uh they were given time and it, it also doesn't they're not trying to zazz it up in any way shape or form they're just playing with the medium which was something that Craven was doing with his films as well. So it's not a new element. Um, at five, just, uh, uh, I don't know. It just kind of came alive a little bit more. Um, again, that cast of four is another winning group of people for the most part. Um, uh, you know, who've gone on to do interesting work. Um, you know, I, 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 I was, I'm going to, I'm going to slightly, I, I I like this cast more. Mm-hmm. I, I found them to I like there are a couple characters in four that I liked. Like I liked Kirby, who doesn't. But yeah, yeah. I think I found that these characters for the most part were all genuinely believable, likable people. Okay. Rather than the heightened Williamson because that's part and parcel of kind of what he does is he gives everyone a little bit of edge. So you go, maybe they're that type of person. Whereas here it's that type of person could hide really well. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think there is a component to that Richie character where he is set up to be the nice guy as a point. 
Oh yeah, one you know. totally. Yeah, the 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 you know insisting that he go with her to, to you know go see her sister after she has been attacked. I mean that show honestly, you, the, the, it's, it's probably one of those things where if you watch it, you know again you'll see more little hints. But for me, it was the you know okay, there's a reason why they 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 want to emphasize that he's not familiar with with this case or these movies or anything. Yeah. For one, 100%, Richie is his as, actual mask and Ghostface is the real Richie. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's play Choose Your Own Death Venture. Um, now, I, I could not take notes in the theater. <laughs> so you'll forgive me if I don't. Uh, let me see. Let me see bit. if I can remember. Let me see if I can remember off the top of my head. Um, okay. I. Believe, uh, oh, uh, the guy at the bar, uh, uh, Kyle, Kyle Gallner, he, uh, he got his throat slashed, uh, throat slashed, and some, some, uh, he gets an initial, uh, neck stabbing, uh, right to start, and, and then some additional, and then, uh, uh, you've got, uh, Deputy Judy, she's stabbed to death on her front lawn in broad daylight. Broad uh, fucking daylight. You've got Wes who gets a, a a knife through the neck, which seems to take absolutely fucking forever. So you got to be a total sicko to take that one, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and then I think it, I think Dewey's the next one. Um, well, no, you have the, there's a sheriff's uh, deputy in on that floor. Oh, we don't we think she's left alone? But she actually finds him and right, then looks his, his, to see if his, he has his, his gun. Ne- and yeah, his neck is slashed. Yeah. Uh, Dewey gets a knife then to Dewey. the to the back and the sternum at the same time. Yeah, kind of uh, coming and going. Uh, no, all exits uh, is is the way that Dewey goes out. Uh, you've got um, then you've got the party, and yes. so you've got uh, Liv is shot in the head. Yes. Uh, you've got uh. uh I guess the everybody else survives after that point. Um, well, except for the killers, obviously. Right now, I think we're down to the killers. If you, you've I'm got, you've got. Uh, how did how did Richie ultimately die? Was he shot? No. Uh, he is stabbed so so many times. Right, 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 um, right. Yeah, Sam kind of just goes like like uh, you know, goes ham on him and stabs him about fifty times. Yeah. And then you've got uh, you've got um, Amber, who was first burned and then shot, <laughs> which is yeah, interesting because like- this actress uh, seems to play a type because she's <laughs> also a killer who gets burned. Yeah, and, and she, shot. <laughs> she's because she's also in Once Upon a Time in America. What's my time Hollywood? Sorry. Um, and she is basically flame thrown to death. In that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, in a scene that is so over the top, you kind of can't help laughing, and and you, you sort of hate yourself a little bit. <laughs> you do, but also like, I do like Sydney and Gail's reaction to it. Are like, oh, oh, wow, okay, that's that's a lot more than than we had intended. <laughs> and she comes back from it. Uh, she ultimately gets uh, shot. She looks like she kind of looks like like a Chucky doll dressed in bird. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Again, a complete compliment. You know, one of the greatest things we have going on is an ongoing greatness of Chucky content. So 
Like if you're gonna make a reference, make it a good one. So yeah, typically, uh, so, typically, oh, typically of the of, of the screen movies, you mostly got a lot of stabbings and slashing. Yeah, but they they don't yes. they don't get they don't get Ghostface doesn't usually get too creative. Not really. Um, the most creativity generally comes when someone gets thrown somewhere or crushed by something. Um, and I think the closest that this movie really comes to that is 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 Amber's death. Um, so. Uh, yeah, are you going with Liv? Yeah, like I said, she barely, she she has no idea what what, what happens. She just <laughs> she just she gets shot in the head, and that's it for her. She gets shot mid sentence. Yeah, like <laughs> she's completing that on a different plane of existence. Yeah, one hundred percent going with Liv. Like that is the way to go of all of these things. Um, <laughs> yeah, because nobody nobody yeah. dies nobody dies easy in this. No, and I, it's at least consistent with that. Um, and I feel like that is something we've seen a little bit in the screen movie, certainly with Dewey and whatnot, and certainly killers seem to live through a lot of stuff. So it's consistent within the universe. It's not exactly new. Um, but yeah, people take a fair amount of damage and keep on ticking in this bad boy. Not, not, not so much as, uh, as, uh, Tara. Holy shit. <laughs> she's, uh, she's really upset that this did not go the way they thought it would <laughs> and i enjoyed gail's denouement about it like no fuck these people let them die in anonymity <laughs> <laughs> i i fully expected like tara's head to be on a robot body in the next movie <laughs> um yeah and i'm glad this didn't go supernatural um th there's a lot of bad places this could have gone and this is just one of the best i just there's panache to it it's a fun fucking watch it is it's it's very you know, you yeah. know, old, old school fun and scary at the same time yes i found it scary like i was on this the the edge of my seat like i was really engaged in this this got me and if it didn't get you hey you know such as life there are worse things than a movie not working for you but uh we enjoyed the the shit out of it. Now, um, before we get on to plugs, we should note uh, we've had a, a slight explosion when it comes to the Patreon end of our business. Now, on Patreon, uh, we give you two extra shows a month if you're at the $5 and higher level. Um, you get uh, a Halloween movie commentary. That's where we're covering Halloween is over on Patreon. You asked for it, and now you're getting it in movie form. You can watch along with us. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, in February, uh, we will have a, a Halloween 5, and in January, it's Halloween 4. That's how numbers work. I just remembered. <laughs> Uh, but we have new patrons, um, and uh, do we know who they are, Gina? Yeah, uh, so we've got a nice little spike. Uh, like I said on Twitter, I guess people really want to hear you talk about Southern California geography, yeah. and me talking about Dr. Loomis's magic bullet pocket. Sure. Um, but uh, we just want to thank uh, Anlees, JJ, Selena, Stephen, uh, uh, Kate raised their pledge, their monthly pledge, which is nice. Uh, we have Isaac, and awesome. and just today we got Tom. So thank you so much. Right. Cool. That's just that's well, just in the past two weeks. 
Excellent. Um, and of course, if you're on the $10 level, um, every other month, you choose the movie that we cover. And in January, um, uh, Philippe, who designed our amazing um, Choose Your Own Death Venture t-shirt, which is on Tee Public right now, um, he gave us a Let's Scare Jessica to Death in quotes. Those quotes are there for a reason. Um, and what a fun little movie and uh, a fun discussion about it. So find us there. Gina, where else can people find you on these here internets? I write about movies and television at the spool. Um, you can find my, my, my full review of Scream there. Uh, and I will be covering this year's Sundance Festival. Uh, and I am on Twitter and Instagram under Gina Does Things. G-E-N-A Does Things. Do it today, people. Check it out. You can find us on all the socials. We're on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Um, we're on Letterboxd, where you can see what's in the bullpen coming up. And, folks, this is the end of season three. Uh, we started not knowing exactly what it was going to be, and then we discovered it along the way. We had some amazing guests uh, to help us talk about all these things. We We started... Uh, dish by dish, which we will be coming back in the spring. And season four, uh, here we go, people. This is the announcement you're waiting for. Uh, our, what franchise are we going to do? Tell you what, fuck it. Let's do two franchises. How do you like them apples? First off, we're going to go with the granddaddy, something that Gina and I love, love, love. And that is the Alien franchise. So uh, we're going to start off with Alien with a great guest. Um, and will we get into the latter day Alien franchise? Who can say? Let's take Alien first <laughs> and see where it goes. But we're not done there. Because after Alien, we're going to take a trip. And things are going to go badly. And even though we've survived, we might not live to see the end of Final Destination. That's right. We're going to take on the Final Destination franchise all the way through. And wouldn't you know it, they announced a new fucking Final Destination film. <laughs> so, and an alien TV series. So, these uh, these franchises will go on. So, we're going to take those one after the other and do some fill-ins in between. So, we don't, you know, uh, overstay our welcome. And, of course, this March... Uh, is uh, the return of uh, a very unpopular segment, but we like to do it. It's called Animal Attacks April, um, and uh, we are going to take on a number of truly one-of-a-kind motion pictures, including the much-demanded Jaws 3D. That's right. If you have a silly uh, T-shirt inside of SeaWorld, we're going to read it out loud, so you will know about it. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> uh, and uh, we will be completing um, After Dark uh, for this year uh, before Animal Attacks April. Um, so uh, then after that, the return of Dish by Dish for season three of Hannibal. So there's a lot to look forward to. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your mortal enemies. They all need to know about Kill by Kill because uh, we're not giving up the ghost here anytime soon. We are giving up the ghost face. Uh, R.I.P.D. Screen franchise. For now. For now. Uh, so for myself and for Gina, 
Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Oh, the body count will continue. You know that shit. <laughs>